Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back and good evening, America. Inside the studios in the broadcast booth of WNSC. Imagine when we all had it figured out. Until we didn't. NBA power rankings, the top five. We'll review that and talk about NBA news. And then, of course, Lamarvelous, the Lamar Jackson show. All he did is took his talents to LA into Hollywood and totaled up six touchdowns, including five through the air. And then the physical Niners, the Niner gang, punching the Packers in the mouth. Sunday night football. This and much, much more. With my ride partner, Michael Gray. It's only in one place here. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Up next. Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Welcome, welcome back, welcome back <laughs> the Sebi Podcast Radio Show with your host, Michael Gray, and myself inside the studios at WNSC. It's, uh, it's good to be back. It's just the season, and you can feel it, Mike. You can feel the holiday season coming upon us. You can just feel it. It's getting cold. It's getting chilly. And, uh, you know, it's time to be spending every penny, right? <laughs> oh, it definitely is, Seb. I've been thinking. I've been waiting on uh, the Thanksgiving food for about a month now, and uh, you know, I, I'm just I, I cannot wait for this for this week. This week in sports is about to be one of the best weeks in a long time. So I'm excited for this week. This is a big week. It's a lot of time for sure. Just the season right upon us. I'm waiting for my gifts, Mike. I'm waiting for my gifts. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right, man. Yeah, this it's a lot. Of, yeah, we're doing Christmas shopping early already. You know what I mean? So. No, I'm talking about I'm waiting for my gifts from you, my buddy. <laughs> oh, you know, you're oh, my you ride partner for my for a reason. Oh, you, know, no, you, you can't let you. America down. Yeah, 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 no doubt. You know I got you, man. It's all love. Yeah, uh, people don't know, but a certain individual inside on air today has a birthday coming up in less than 24 hours. So um, things to come uh, there for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is indeed so. So, um, great weekend for sure. Thanksgiving. Um, a king was born yet tomorrow. So, a <laughs> lot of things to look forward to this coming weekend for sure, Mike. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. Happy early birthday to you. And I wish you, wish you many more, my brother. Thank you. And thanks, America, again, for joining us here this afternoon and this gorgeous evening, per se, in the Eastern time zone, about 654 our time here today and mike let's just get right into it <laughs> we always got something to talk about when it comes on our weekly shows we'll start off with the nba the nba a lot of things going on mike uh of course the the rising of luka Doncic and the dallas mavericks for sure the lakers they're off to a sizzling start mike 15 and 2 right now i mean they're just steamrolling teams thus far uh, at the moment, and then Carmelo Anthony last night making his stamp with the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard returning back to the lineup. So let's see if the Blazers can deep themselves out of a hole 
right now the 11th seed in the Western Conference there for sure, uh, Mike. But what has stood out to you thus far? Uh, how how com- how dangerous this Clippers team is when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the floor together. Uh, when when they play together, you just see the depth of this team. It's 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 amazing. You know, last week they had two big wins at home against the Boston Celtics and then against the uh, Houston Rockets uh, in back-to-back games. And, you know, both those teams did well enough to win on the road in L.A. But, you know, the depth of this team and how they can defend in crunch time, and it just it's just special to watch this team play. And they have some clutch shooters out there as well. Definitely there. The Clippers have looked really good for sure and, and has some really tough games. You know, they had Boston uh, Cup uh, actually – uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday for sure, and last Friday against the Houston Rockets. Nail biters for two potential playoff teams. Very good test for Doc Rivers and his staff, along with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who's only starting to get to know each other. So that's things to come for the Clippers there for sure. Um, Carmelo Anthony stood out to me. Obviously, he had to get things rolling. Um, as in terms of getting acclimated under Terry Scotts. Now that Damian Lillard is back and he seemed to be the third option, I think they'll give him more opportunities. And you saw that against the Bulls, you know, with the defensive assignment being to the backcourt of the Blazers. A day like that, that's when Carmelo Anthony can really get loose. And so you saw that 25 points, eight boards, very efficient. Um, you saw the vintage Carmelo Anthony at times throughout that game, you know, where he had the mid range pull up, he had the drive, the finish. I think he he finished with contact at the rim and got the and one on a slam dunk. So things like that you can get from our Carmelo Anthony once a while. And so I think we saw that last night. So we'll see if right now, you know, this, the Blazers, they still got up till February before the all-star break. We'll see if they can make a run here in the Western conference, a very tight Western conference here for sure. So, Mike, this leads now to our power rankings of this week. So, there hasn't been a change at the top. The Los Angeles Lakers, red hot. Mike, the Los Angeles Lakers are three teams in this top five that are top ten in offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating. They come eighth in offensive rating, defensive rating, their fifth and third in net rating. The Lakers, it's been the Lake show for sure as advertised. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, I, I, I want to bring this up to you, Mike, because I was talking to a fella of the Magic the other day. I said this might be the best duo. This might be the best duo that we've seen since Shaq and Kobe. I know people started looking at me crazy. But not only that, I think this is LeBron James' best sidekick. I think this is the best teammate he's ever played. That's no disrespect to D-Wade. There's no disrespect to Kyrie Irving. But the skill set of Anthony Davis is uh, uh, there aren't any flaws in this man game. And I think now, later on in LeBron James' career in his 17th season, this is a guy in Anthony Davis that can take the tools and take the the, the national stage and say, you know what, I maybe I could be the focal point of this team. And I, I think this plays dividends if the Lakers want to have championship aspirations. It's only, that's only because he didn't have Dwayne Wade in his prime. If he had D. Wade in his prime, uh, they, they probably would have won four straight championships. But right now, because of the situation, you're absolutely right. Anthony Davis is playing sensational. I'm um, getting great contributions from Dwight Howard, proving the doubt is wrong. Uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony, like I said, Anthony Davis is playing spectacular. JaVale McGee is that is actually giving me some great minutes as well for the Lakers. So you're right. LeBron is and Anthony and this team are utilizing the best. Playing is legit right now. 
And uh, I'm interested to see how they finish the rest of the regular season and what they end up, what ends up happening for them in the playoffs. Definitely there for sure. The Los Angeles Lakers off to a hot start. The advertised start that we thought they'd be. There is a change at number two. The Bucks. they're one of the three teams I mentioned. That's top ten in offensive, defense, and net rating. They become number one in net rating. Two in defense and number four in offensive rating. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Mike. Although his three-point percentage is down, it's back into the below 30s, and his free throw percentage is out of career low at 59%. The Bucks have missed a beat. They've won seven straight. Giannis has at least scored 20 points in the paint five of the last seven games that they've won. Um, his minutes is down this year, which is good. That could bode well for the Bucks moving on in the, in the uh, uh, postseason. But the Bucks, Mike, red hot, number one in net rating, two in defensive rating, and four in offensive rating there for sure. We go to number three, where now the Clippers have leaped up to number three. The Clippers as well, uh, they are also in the top 10. Um, they are six in offensive rating, 10th in defensive rating, which is kind of low, you would think, and fifth in net rating for them. And then at number four, we've got the Denver Nuggets. They've been hot as well, Mike, um, with Jokic and what, of course, Jamal Murray is doing. And to round out the top five, the biggest jump this week has been the Dallas Mavericks, the rise of the Mavs. They go from 12 to five. Number one, that's right, number one in pace, number one in offensive rating, 17 in defense, but they're number two in net rating. So on offense, they're really putting balls in the net. And Luka Doncic, Mike, I'm going to bring this up to you, and then you can revise this top five here. Luka Doncic, Mike, you, LeBron, I would say, is a front runner of the MVP thus far, but Luka is giving him a run for this money. This brother is unbelievable. What he's done before the age of 21, LeBron didn't do, Oscar didn't do, Will. Kareem, Jordan. I mean, the list goes on of the all-time greats. Jerry West, Luka Doncic. It's too early to say, but he seemingly looked like maybe just a sure thing to be in the Hall of Fame, right? For sure, for sure, for sure. The way the way the way he's playing, um, it's it's <laughs> like seven, like seven. It's almost like unpredictable. It's it's unbelievable because it's, it's hard to put into words because. It's it, it's so effortless to him at such a young age. Like you said, he's, he can't even buy a drink yet. He's twenty years old, and what he's doing on this court, he's he's coming in here and he's he's taking over this team. Like this is a, you could tell this is a guy that he's he, this is going to be the cornerstone of the Mavericks franchise for the next ten to fifteen years. That's that that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a franchise player, a generational player. Uh, he his skill set is unbelievable, and it's through the roof. Now we I want to see what he does, you know, in high leverage moments in the playoffs and things of that nature. But right now, what we're seeing from Luka Doncic, and uh, I, lo I love to see his defense improve. But other than that, I'm telling you right now, Luka Doncic is a show. He's special. And uh, right now, he's he's spearheading this offense. And him and, him and KCP seem to have a, a very – excuse me, KP seem to have a very good rapport with each other. And, you know, he's just taking over. Definitely sure. The league's in good hands right now. Thus far, LeBron with the odds to win MVP, but right behind them on his tail, Giannis and Luca yep. is on his tail for sure. Any problems with this top five this week, Mike? No, I don't actually. I actually like the improvement. I like the teams that moved up. I like the I like the fact that the Clippers moved up ever since last week. They've they've been playing sensational and they've got, done it against some very tough competition. I love the Bucks moving up right now. Giannis is just putting on a show. I mean, put, come on, Sebby, fifty points last night. I mean, he's he's absolutely special and what he's been doing. 
just consistently throughout this week. So yeah, I don't I don't mind them moving up the well. The Lakers, of course, they had they've only lost two games, and uh, we haven't seen it. They haven't lost this week, so I, I can understand them, them keeping that that number one spot. And you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with this list. Definitely there for sure. Pretty cool with this list. All right for sure. Uh, to crack the top ten, the Celtics fall to six. Obviously, they've dealt with some injuries as well. Yeah. Um, they are are dealing with some injuries. Nasty injury by Kimba Walker. They just can't catch a break, Mike. So uh, it's seemingly probable for Kimba to be turned tomorrow night against the Nets, although Kyrie will not be playing in the Garden. And, of course, another team that made a huge jump, Mike, is the uh, Toronto Raptors uh, as well. They've been red hot as well. Yeah. They're another a team that is top ten in all three categories, seventh in offense, nine in defensive rating, and fourth in net rating. The Raptors under Nick Nurse, he has this team playing really well. And the maturity and growth of Pascal Siakam continues to shine in the six. So, yeah, what I'm seeing in Toronto, the, the, the biggest thing with Toronto is not only do they have a depth, they have elite depth. Like, the depth on this team can be starters on most teams. This team goes very deep. There's Right now, they're showing you the the, the depth they had on this team last year when they won the championship with Kawhi Leonard, you know, they 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 just showed you what the, what the help was capable to do and what the others were 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 capable of doing because they're special, man. I mean, you know, you know, and they and right now they're playing with that championship confidence. So I I love the role that the Raptors on, and I love the fact that they moved up. Folks, don't go anywhere, America, because when we come back, we talk about the nitty gritty. We talk about the NFL. A mm-hmm. lot done throughout this past weekend and of course look ahead to thanksgiving a very special week in the nfl and make our week 13 picks the semi podcast radio show live inside the studios of wnsc Studios EWSC, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, proud and presented by Geico. That's right, Geico Gecko. You don't have to be smart; you can even be a reptile because even a gecko knows. Fifteen minutes can save you fifteen percent on your car insurance, auto, life—you name it. Geico's got it. All of our proud regional Central Florida partners here inside the Orlando area, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, proud partners with Geico, and tell them. Sebi, even Michael Gray sent you. And we're back here, Mike. And uh, it was a huge game Sunday night in Candlestick. Well, not Candlestick. Former Candlestick, but Levi Stadium now. 49ers and Packers. 49ers and 91. The Packers at 8-2. and We thought this would be a good one. But uh, I guess Mr. Bosa had other thoughts. Yeah, they definitely did, man. Just have have Oh, my gosh, man. Joey Bosa, the uh, Nick Bosa, per se. Mike, the 49ers punch and the physical Niners. They call them themselves the hashtag the Niner gang. They punched the Packers in the mouth, didn't they? They definitely did. It was a beatdown. It was, it was, it was bad. It, it almost resembled the game the Green Bay Packers had earlier in the season against the San Diego Chargers, but just a little bit more brutal going against a better team. This, 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 
I mean, look, I think, hey, Sabi, I think it's safe to say that Aaron Rodgers is sick and tired of seeing the Bosa brothers this year. I mean, they they putting a whooping on him, both of them. I mean, it's just, it's been bad. Like, Aaron Rodgers, he's, you know, outside of the, the, the games when the offensive line just can't protect anybody. You know, he's looked pretty good this year, but this is one of those situations where, you know, the offensive line had a rough day. You know, the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have, in my opinion, the best defensive line in football. And they showed it uh, on Sunday against a very top, a very formidable team. And it was it was one of those games, Sebi. It was one of those games where, you know, nothing was going right for Green Bay. And then, you know, when you when you when you when you can't get when you can't get protection, then it's, it's, it's not really much you can do offensively, you know, because you have to throw the ball. So, you know, what, what's what they were able to do is keeping Aaron by keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. And staying on the field by, you know, being able to run the football. This San Francisco offensive line is special. I love what Tevin Coleman is doing. I love what uh, Simmons is able to do. And then, obviously, they have Matt Breida. You know, but Jimmy G, he's putting the ball on the money. Greg Kittle looks like his favorite target right now. You know, you add him and Emmanuel Sanders to to the mix. And then you, it's, it's, it's just a special bunch. Obviously, we have Debo Samuel. This is a special a football team. And, you know, top to bottom, it's, it's hard to find weaknesses in this team. And they showed – the complete package on Sunday against a very good team. And Mike, a lot of things stand out to me in this game. Uh, I'll start off with the Niners. I think the NFC is in trouble because you're going to have to go (laughs) against San Francisco. You're going to have to go at San Francisco because it seems like they're going to probably wrap up the NFC uh, 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 home field. But that's to be determined because, hey, the the Seahawks are right in their tails at 9-2. And And they they got a big game against Baltimore Baltimore. and at New Orleans. Yep. Yep. So, so they've got huge uh, games coming up. So we'll see if that can hold up. But I mean, they've struck gold, Mike, in that in that front line. We talked about those four first round picks that they got: Armstead, this guy named Jones, who, who flashed on my screen uh, su- uh, Sunday night that I didn't know about. We know about the Force Buckner and Nick Bosa, uh, but they struck gold in that front line. And physically. This team on the trenches, defensive line and offensive line. Joe Staley didn't even play, Mike. That's yeah, their best. Yeah. That's their best offensive line. Yep. You got Matt Brader. I love their running attack. Kyle Shanahan with the zone blocking offense. When they shift one way, they can play bootleg and play play action off of it. And what Jimmy G's done in these last four games, Mike, is become from a game manager to a game changer. Yes, Kittle downfield. I mean, George Kittle. He might be the most complete tight end in the NFL. You know, you can take, say, Kelsey, but I think as in run blocking and pass protection and pass catching, I think Kittle is just slightly better. And this Niners team, now they got Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuels to hit you deep. They're starting to round into form in this team that you don't want to fold with. with. And it's a bad matchup for the Green Bay Packers if they were playing in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, one thing, Mike, I, I respect Aaron Rodgers. I just think I don't trust this Green Bay team going into the playoffs, and it's because of these games. I don't think they're physical enough. When you're playing San Francisco, it's it styles me fights. You know, I think Green Bay is a finesse team. Yeah, they do have some dumb dogs. I'm not talking about the Smiths and Darius and Preston are real dogs, but as in terms of you know styles meeting fights, San Francisco is a physical team, and the 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 Packers aren't. First of all, they don't have a guy that can beat you and stretch you downfield on offense uh, uh, But d- besides Devontae Adams. And what teams have known so far is if you double him and you neutralize him, they don't have any other weapons to throw it to. And Jimmy Graham has become non-existent. Yeah. And then, of course, 
They're going to start loading the box in Aaron Jones. And what teams have done, I've seen thus far, Mike, the games that the Packers have won, they've got good wins. Uh, they beat Dallas, beat Minnesota, and stuff like that. But the, 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 the teams that has beaten them is they can't stop the run. Philadelphia, over 100 yards total as a team against them. The Niners, almost 200 uh, running the football. And, and Melvin Gordon and the Chargers. So I've seen that as a weakling on defense they can't stop the run and then what teams have started doing is against Aaron Rodgers they pressure with four and they bring leave seven in the back making Aaron Rodgers hold the ball look 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 survey downfield because they don't believe that their receivers are good enough to get open besides Devontae Adams so this is a concerning problem for cheesehead fans and for the Green Bay Packers so uh that's that's a little bit alarming to me Mike yeah it's a, it is a little bit alarming but I think one of the uh one of the biggest keys for them is the fact that you have somebody like Aaron Rodgers. And in key situations like that in high leverage moments in the playoffs, he I'm sure he will find a way in. You get we gotta give credit to the San Francisco defense. I mean they 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 really this they went up against one of the best defensive lines in football, if not the best. So I think it's one of those situations where so you're right, styles meet fights, but are, are they gonna really meet this style outside of San Francisco in the playoffs or you know a situation I think if they run into San Francisco, you're right, they're in trouble especially if they have to go to San Francisco. They're in big trouble. Right. You know, they, they, but but outside of going against San Francisco, I think Green Bay can have some success against other teams. I, I agree. Teams. I agree. And, and there is still a path for them to get to the Super Bowl. I still think they're a contender in the NFC. Of course, right now, the <laughs> the the Vikings, they caught up to them. They're 8-3 and three as well. So yeah. there's a big showdown week 16 oh, um, yeah. between those two for the NFC North. But still a path for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl. But they would need to avoid – San Francisco along the way because I don't think they want to go there right. and do that. Thousand uh, this is a physical football team. It reminds me of the Ravens of the NFC. Physical on offense, physical on defense inside the trenches. That's um, things to look out for uh, uh, there for sure and on, on that on that game there um, as well. You got the Cowboys who had a chance to stamped himself. Dak Prescott had a chance to solidify himself as, you know, amongst the elites. You know, right now he's top three in Tweeby rating, number one in passing yards. He has a chance to go for 5,000 yards. But right now, Mike, it you have to look at Jason Garrett. And I was watching that game, Mike, and I was saying, you know, uh, as a Patriots fan, I thought the Cowboys had an absolute – they had more than a puncher's chance to win. Getting – Third, uh, getting off the field on third downs against Tom Brady. That's not an easy thing to do on that defense. The defense came up. They played very, very well. But on that offense, they were just anemic. And then special teams. Mike, I didn't understand this. And this is why I think Jerry, uh, uh, Jason Garrett should be in a hot seat as of right now, moving on for the latter part of the season. When you're watching that game in those temperatures, in those situations and conditions, the ball didn't travel for a touchback the entire game. They were kicking the ball short on special team every down. They could have potentially had two fumbles on special teams, and that would have been their fault. I blame that on Jason Garrett. I gave him down to special teams coach. You got to tell your players to move up to the 20-yard line because they're kicking the ball short. And so that's why they're in trouble. They're always backed up in their own, deep in their own territory. And the again, the Patriots, what they did, Mike, they're relying on this defense, Mike. They're relying this defense is real deal. We said they were built from the linebackers in secondary 
this defense is absolutely carrying a game-managing Tom Brady right now, which is <laughs> kind to say. Yeah. Right now, you know, what they did is they, they, they played their cards right. You know what I'm saying? They played the field position. They get good pos- field position. They start on average around the 40-yard line while the Cowboys started at their own 10 to 20-yard line right. because of coaching. So uh, what did you see in that game, Micah? Seppi, what I saw in this game was the difference between a, win- a winning organization and a losing or- organization. A winning organization understands that styles, situations, you know, we can win a game with our quarterback. We can win a game with our run game. We can win a game with our defense. It's, it, we, a winning organization understands that every given Sunday is a different challenge and it's a different way to win the football game and different circumstances prompt you to, to go take this route. I feel like the Patriots show that they can win a game without Tom Brady having a big game. I think the part, the biggest problem for the Dallas Cowboys this week was the fact that they were so uh, caught up in, on the fact that Dak was playing some of the best football in his career, which he was. But these conditions in this game, with the rain, with the with the sleet, with the with the wind blowing, uh, it, it those these were the conditions catered for easy. Not good for get, dome teams. Yeah, yeah. This these 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 this game was catered was catered for. If they were going to win this game, it was going to be with the legs of Ezekiel Elliott. And I, I'm sorry, the Dallas Cowboys lost this game because they did not run the football enough. This like Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott averaged four and a half yards a carry in this game and did not get nearly enough carries as he should have gotten. He should have gotten somewhere along the lines of 30 to 35 carries. Yeah, Sebi, he got he 21 gets, rushes, Mike. If, if, he, if he has 30 to 35 carries, Sebi, I'm telling you, I feel like the Cowboys win this football game because they had no answer for the run game all game long. It was one drive in the second quarter, I believe where the Cowboys literally drove, ran the ball uh, like eight or nine straight plays and got positive yards every single play, marched right down the field, and then they start throwing. It's, like, it's one of those situations where they got too caught up in Dak Prescott, the Dak Prescott hype, and oh, this then the third, instead of riding, that, riding Zeke's coattails and getting him a victory in this game. Yes, Zeke has been struggling lately, but this was the game for him to break out and win and, uh, and get a big win up there in Gillette Stadium, so... I just saw the difference between a losing organization and a winning organization, understanding the situation, the magnitude of the moment, and capitalizing on it. And that's not what the Cowboys – that's what the Cowboys failed to do. Yes, that's the Cowboys did to do. Uh, it brings you back in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go. They get in the red zone. It becomes a fourth and seven. You elect to kick a field goal to put it to 13-9 rather right. than, you know, 13-6 and going for it. You know, teams – I don't get it, Mike. Teams, when they come to Foxborough, they expect things to go their way. You right. don't understand. You, you got the rest behind you, and you got the Patriots behind you. Obviously, that, that's a concern as well. The rest admitted, and, and the NFLPA admitted that they got a couple tripping questions wrong. But there are a lot more plays in that game exactly. than the Cowboys to win and to make up for fourth and seven inside the red zone. You got you to gotta understand who you're growing up against. Worst-case scenario – you, it's like a punt. You make the Patriots start at their own seven or ten yard line. If you don't get the spot right there, the Patriots played the field position game. They won the special teams battle. They won the defensive battle, the turnover battle, and of course they got the one touchdown to Nikhil Harry on that beautiful mm-hmm. back shoulder throw. In all three phases, that's where the Patriots hurt you, and they can win ugly and they can win pretty. Great sign for a very good ball club. 
Absolutely, and you're absolutely right. Sebby, when I was playing football, they always used to tell us never put never put the game in the hands of the referees, especially on the road. And when you go into Gillette Stadium, you already know going into on the plane on the way up to New England, you know that the referees are not going to be in your favor on that Sunday. So you never put the game in their hands. You know, the Cowboys cannot use that as an excuse. They they lost this game themselves. So, yeah, that, yeah you're absolutely right. You never put the game in, the game in the hands of the referees. And, you know, this is just another case of it. A lot of other teams stood out to me, Mike. This Tennessee Titans team, there are a lot, a lot of people talking about them. Derrick yeah. Henry, whoo, boy. Mm-hmm. I think no, this is his time, Mike. What a luxury to have uh, Derrick Henry to just hand the ball off late November, late December. The conditions get bad. You get rain. You get sleet. You get snow. You got a Derrick Henry. I think this is a great formula for Mike Vrabel's team. They can hand the ball off to him. And <laughs> trust me, every time you hand the ball off to him, play action should work every single time. Derrick Henry has gotten loose. This is his moment, his time. Late, late game, late year around this time in the season. This is where the Tennessee Titans like to feature him a lot. And I think they could ride him, potentially getting that last playoff spot where four teams right now are battling for it, that being the Browns, the Steelers, who currently hold the sixth seed, and, of course, Jacoby Brissett and that great offensive line of the Indianapolis Colts. So right now, the Titans, to me, are a team that is very dangerous to me as well. But if I had to ask you this question, Mike, those four teams, they're all six and five. Out of those teams, which team do you trust to get in the playoffs in that last seed and spot? Between the Titans, the Browns, the Steelers, and whom else? And the Indianapolis Colts with that great offensive line. To get the last spot, if I had to pick out of those four teams, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love this Steelers defense right now. I mean, you know, I would say the Indianapolis Colts, but – it's, it's, they're shaky, and, you know, they, they play so competitive, but it's hard to finish for them with a lot of, a lot of games. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, yes, they're, they're, they've been playing some great, great football over their last three games, but uh, I, I got to see them go against better competition than the Miami Dolphins. So, <laughs> but, um, but and, and then, you know, and then you got the uh, – who was the other team, Sammy? It was the Raiders. The Raiders. And- the Raiders, this is my thing with the Raiders, Sebby. The Raiders have been playing very well this year. I commend John Gruden for having this team locked in after the whole A-B situation. But they're overachieving right now. And I think the game against the Jets proved proved how they're, – they're, they're pretty much they're, a they're, they're, they're a year behind. Yeah, they're, they're a pretender right now. They're, they're still young. There's still a maturation process that they have to go through, and they haven't hit that point yet. Give it another year or two, and they'll get there. But they're not there yet. So if I had to pick a team out of those four, I'm rolling with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love this defense right now. They, right now, this defense is carrying them. That uh, they went from Mason Rudolph to now De- Devlin Hodges, who I actually, I actually like Devlin Hodges. I think he's very poised in the pocket, and I think he can make some things happen. And I, I just love this defense. They, he doesn't have to do much because with the way this defense is playing, oh man, you put up 17 to 20 points, you probably won the ball game. So I, so I love what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting healthier right now, continuing to get healthy, and I think they'll make that late run uh, to get it, to get that last spot and get into the playoffs. They suffered, a, they survived, per se, a huge scare in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Who, after making that quarterback switch, they're going to need Hodges this week because they're at home. And I think this is probably the game whoever wins gets in. They're yes. playing the Browns in Heinz Field. Both teams are 6-5. and five. The Browns are hot. All of a sudden, they got Kareem Hunt. So maybe later on this season, they can ride him and Chubb and use play action to get guys like Landry and Odell again. They got to go into Heinz Field. That's a huge game next week. Uh, both teams are 6-5. and five. But it, it, it's going to be very interesting. you got the Colts. You've got the Titans there as well. So 
the last spot is going to be very interesting for sure moving on forward. There's teams, Mike, and then, of course, there is John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> and this Ravens team, Mike. <laughs> the beatdown that they put on last night. I mean, unbelievable. All Jackson did is if he even needed the spotlight. He took his talents to L.A., took it to Hollywood. Six total TDs, five through the air. 169 on the air, 95 more rushing on the ground. Marcellus Riley, that's right, Marcellus Riley, uh, speak for yourself. He had this question asked to him by Mr. Whitlock, and uh, <laughs> I guess he had to give him an honest question. Honest, a very honest answer for this one. That was Mr. Uh, Marcellus Riley there. Your thoughts on that, Mike? I, I agree with him, and I, I, I love the viewpoint because it's not it's not just the fact that he's winning for the Ravens. He's right. He's, he's, he's This is revolutionary right here. This is something like redefining because for a long time, Sebi, the, the standard for an NFL quarterback was a drop-back passer, someone who stays in the pocket, not really too much scrambling, and, and it was a very accurate passer and led that team to a, to a chamber with his arm. Well, Lately, n- n- not just just there, but for for quite some time now, it's been the it's been the time of you know the running quarterbacks, and uh, it's it's been a it's been a special time. But I don't I don't know if we've seen many running quarterbacks do it like this because not only do we have a situation with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore where they not only did they not try to change him, they built the entire system of this offense catered around him. So, I mean, this team is averaging over 200 passing yards and 200 rushing yards a game. This is this is some special stuff right here. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you can't limit somebody's legs like this. Somebody who is this athletic, this elusive, this quick, this uh, uh, fast down the field, or you cannot limit somebody to just a pocket passer. Now, and I love the fact that you know he he was scrambling a lot last year. And he you know he wasn't as accurate with the ball, and he worked on worked on his passing in the offseason. He continued to get better, and he came back in this year motivated hearing everybody calling him a running back. And now look what he's doing. He's making very accurate passes. He's throwing about 15 – he's throwing about 20, 20 to 23 times a game. And, uh, he, and he's running, and he's getting close to 100 rushing yards a game. So what he's doing right now is unprecedented, and it's different from the, what the, the normal quarterback standard that we've seen for a long time in this league. And you're absolutely right. This is setting another precedent 
for more quarterbacks coming for the future. And it's just it's it's, it's the year of the running quarterbacks, Sebby. This is the new wave in the NFL. And uh, and this is only going to continue to get get more and more be- get get better year after year after year. And you know, it's just this is the plight that we're in right now. And Lamar Jackson has a lot to do with it. <laughs> Man, Mike, this <laughs> this Lamar Jackson guy, it's unfair. It, it's unfair, yeah. Mike. It, it's unfair. You know, when uh, the closest thing we can say is it, it's it reminds you of Mike Vick. But even Mike Vick wasn't this. Lamar Jackson is taller. He's stronger, and he, I think he's much faster. This guy's got video game speed, breakaway speed. He's he's a quarterback that runs like a running back in a wide receiver's body, like it, it, dynamic, explosive, much like Mike Vick was. But Mike Vick wasn't strong enough to take the hits and stuff like that. So is Lamar Jackson, who's very slender himself, but still a little bit more, uh, you know, got bulkier in in his own sense, but. Yep. Man, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, they, I, I, as a defensive coordinator, uh, you can't play man against this team because what if you're playing man, you know, all the receivers have gone downfield and the defensive backs are their backs are turned. Yep. That creates wide open lanes for Lamar Jackson to step up and just take 20 yards. And in the 20 yards, he can break those to 40, 50 yards <laughs> with his speed. And, and then for, I don't even know you could play zone because do you really got a hybrid linebacker that can really cover him? Not a lot of teams have a Devin Bush or a Bobby Wagner, that type of uh, scheme, or like a Luke Keekley that could keep up. Maybe a Lander Vent, Leighton Vander Esch, but even then, those guys, you really come want them to run with a 4-3, 4-2 guy. This is just revolutionary. This is unconventional, much like Mar- uh, Marcellus Riley said. He's redefining that position, Mike. And, Mike, I, I'm thinking like a GM right now. If I'm a team in the AFC North, this is trouble for me because this might be the most dominant player probably for the next decade or 15 years. Because if you're, let's say right now, hypothetically speaking, I am the owner of the Bengals, right? We're on the clock. We are on the clock. It's the number one overall pick. We would like to get Justin Herbert. We would like to get Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa, but we're forced because of Lamar Jackson to get a hybrid linebacker or to get Chase Young out of Ohio State. Just because you're gonna have to find a scheme to <laughs> you're gonna have to find a scheme for number eight wearing purple and gold for the Baltimore Ravens, and then that physical running game that they have with Michael Orr. Uh, 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 with guys up front that they have uh, in front of there. Pro Football said this is a top 10 running off the line. They're, they're, they're smash mouth football. They're the Niners of the AFC. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to worry about that. So as a GM, it has you thinking. You're on the clock. You want to get a franchise cornerstone play. You want to get one of those top QBs. But you're forced with the hands of, you know, Greg Roman and John Harbaugh. You gotta find a scheme because this running game ain't going nowhere. Lamar Jackson ain't going nowhere. Mark Ingram ain't going nowhere. Hollywood Brown is a speedster, and he loves him to Mark Andrews as well. And now, what you have to think to yourself, he he said himself he he was a quarterback. He wants to throw, but yep. if you force me to run, <laughs> you can sure believe I will run. Right. So this is a problem, and I think for the AFC North and even for the AFC, if you are an Andy Reid, you gotta meet this team in the postseason. If you're a Bill Belichick, you got to meet the team in the postseason. You want to b- probably get 
a guy on offense, but you're forced in your hands to get a guy to stop number eight. It, it's it's interesting what the 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 Ravens are doing, Mike. I I don't know if you see this. You're absolutely right, Sebby. It's going to be tough for you know the AFC North GMs about who they draft in the future to try to combat this guy. Because to be honest with you, Sebby, I don't know if there's if there's a defender out there in college football at any moment that's going to be able to defend this guy in the open space or on the defensive line. That's how lethal he is. I mean, it, it, it's tough. You know, you might the the best way to combat this to Sebby might be to get another quarterback, running quarterback that's similar to him. That caters to his game. That might be the best way because I'm telling you, man, you 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 watch. They're gonna try to find another Lamar Jackson, but even if you find a guy that may be similar to him, that size, that speed, that yeah. break, that dynamic speed, and that explosiveness when he gets to the second level, that's unprecedented. It sure is, and you're absolutely right. But when when you when you also when when you when you listen to the press conferences. And you hit of these defenders after the games, when, when I guess whoever they go against, and you just see how mind blowing they are when they talk about how just electrifying he is, how his speed, how like what do you want me to say? They're lost for words. They have no answers for this guy. And it's it's getting to the point where I'm starting to notice that I'm starting to think like, okay, the word around the league might be that wow, we really don't have an answer for this guy. There's no defense for him, especially based on how they run the football and how they control pace of everything. I mean this. This guy is special, dog. I mean, it's it's gonna be tough. I know Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are are, are, are scratching their heads about what what to do with this guy for the next ten years or so. But you know, it's 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 it's, it's dangerous what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson, and you know, it, it it bodes it bodes well for that team. And I'm I'm so glad that they they catered towards him and they 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 conformed to what he does best instead of trying to switch him and alter alter his his strength. So Lamar Jackson's killing the league right now. He's on a mission. Uh, I can't wait to see what the rest of the season holds, and hopefully he maximizes his potential and does well in the playoffs as well. Yeah, definitely there. It's it's unbelievable. This is a guy that went three for 17 in a playoff game against the Chargers last year, throwing right now. He was 57% uh, completion percentage. Right now he's at 67%. That is a huge uptick already in his second season. John Harbaugh said he thought his first through three years – they would have to speed him up to get adapted to the NFL game. He's adapted and then some. He may run away with the league because it's unbelievable what he does. Big challenge this week. Physical versus physical rematch of Super Bowl 47. You remember the Harbaugh Bowl, Mike? Well, that's this week. That highlights our picks, our Week 13 picks, as the game of the week. You've got the Niners going cross-country on the road to Baltimore after that great West Coast trip that they had in L.A. They go back home, MLT Bank Stadium. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Lamar Jackson. A great defense versus another great defense. It should be fireworks everywhere in Baltimore. It's so sure. This this should be the game of the week. This this should be the game everybody tunes into. And every dare I say, this could potentially be a Super Bowl matchup. Yep. I mean, this, is a spe- this is a special group of teams. These are two fundamentally sound teams who are who have – elite talent at every position on every level and it's going to be a, a clash of the titans and oh man we are for we're in for a treat everybody tune into this game we're in for a treat for sure 49ers and ravens this is tough mike Whew, boy the 49ers they're really good it's that that secondary as well sherman they showed me something against the packers as well this is going to be a different challenge i think on the road the hostile environment the crowd may get into it 
I'm going to take the Ravens at a field goal win. This is going to be an ugly game. Low scoring, but give me the Ravens at home. Give me the Ravens at home as well. Because these teams are so equal and because these teams are so elite, I, I just have to go with the team that's playing at home. If they was in San Francisco, I would have picked the 49ers. But because they're back home in Baltimore, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. And I think the Ravens will, will, will take this one at home. That was the game of the week there for sure. A very special week in the NFL starts and kicks off on Thanksgiving Day. A rivalry and a routine that they do every year. The Bears and the Lions. The Lions always play on Thanksgiving at home. They host the Bears, an old NFC North rivalry. They These two teams met a year ago. Khalil Mack wrecked havoc in that great year that the Bears have. I think this year could be a little bit different. Detroit is at home. They've been gutsy. They may have Matt Stafford back, but even then, Jeff Trisker has been pretty good for them. Yeah, I'm going to have the Lions at home Thanksgiving in front of their home crowd. Sebi, I'm going to agree with you once again. I, I'm, I'm going to have the Lions at home as well. I think they, you know, whenever the Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving, throw out the records. They always play competitive. They always play tough because they know they're tired. And this is, I think they remember most of those players from last year, remember what Chicago did to them. And remember how they lost that game, and they, they and they want revenge this year. I think they'll get some get back, whether whether or not Matthew Stafford plays or not. I, I believe that the Detroit Lions will win this game. I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky and this Bears offense enough to uh, to to offset what the defense has been doing. All right, while you're watching the Bears and the Lions, you're gonna be in for a treat because your turkey will be ready at 4:30 Eastern. Where the Cowboys as well, a tradition that is always continued as well. They host the Bills. The Bills are eight and three, sitting at that five spot, the wild card spot in the AFC. They're pretty much a lock right now for that fifth spot. They travel to Big D against the Cowboys here. Physical game, physical front. Josh Allen, very tough team. But give me the Cowboys at home. I think they play very good in Thanksgiving. Their record is superb. Dak, Zeke, I like Amari Cooper to get loose. It's a very good defense. Tradavius White versus Amari Cooper. That's a oh, key yeah. to watch out for. Oh, I yeah. think. The Bills are going to force the Cowboys to go into Dak's hands to throw the football. They're going to not want Zeke to run the football. Bills are top five against the rush, the rushing attacks. I like Dak at home. Give me the give me the boys. I like the Cowboys as well. It's going to be a low-scoring defensive game. Both defenses have been playing very well this season thus far, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I think they're playing for Jason Garrett's job on this Thursday, and I think they'll rise up and show. And you know that. They'll, they'll be motivated hearing all the noise about, you know, what happened on Sunday. So give me the Cowboys. These two teams met a couple weeks ago. Atlanta fresh off their bye, beat the Saints in the Superdome. But now, now in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, not the Superdome, they're hosting Thanksgiving on a Sunday night football special. Drew Brees, that high-octane offense, I think they get some revenge. I, get, I think they get some revenge. I just can't understand this Falcons team at all, Mike. They seem like they turned the corner, and yet they didn't. How you get beat by Tampa Bay like that, I don't know. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and, of course, Alvin Kamara. I think that offense get loose. Give me the Saints to march on. Sebi, big time give me the Saints. I mean, you know, this team is – after that loss against Atlanta, this this team is motivated. They're going to remember that. They remember that. It was only a few weeks ago, so it's fresh on their minds. Going into Atlanta, this uh, they're locked in. They're gonna be motivated. Give me Drew Brees in the Saints game. I think they, I think they went pretty big in this one. Yeah, they also got Seattle and Green Bay on their tails for the two seed in right. the NFC. So a lot to play for for Sean Payton for sure. 
uh, there for sure. Here's a huge matchup, Mike. AFC South matchup. The Titans and the Colts. Both teams are six and five. Both mm-hmm. teams are trying to get in. That's right. So they're at Indy. <clears throat> These two teams are really similar. They want to run the football and they want to play play action off of it. But I'm going to take the Colts out here because they're at home one and I trust Brissett a little bit more than Tannehill. But with that being said, the Titans are going to keep this close. I wouldn't be surprised if it's an upset, but give me the Colts at home and with that elite offensive line behind Marlon Mack. I'm going I'm to roll with the Colts at home as well. They Jacoby Brissett has been a little inconsistent this year, but he plays very well at home. I've, I've noticed that over the years. And this offensive line, you know, they, they run the football with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. You know, they, they, they run the football very well in, over there in Indianapolis. And, you know, I like the way this defense can play as well. I think they're going to make plays and make things happen. So give me the Colts at home. I think they ride their wave and, and make it happen and win the game. The Jets, all of a sudden, the Jets have been really good, Mike. What yep. is the fourth, their last five? They're going to Cincinnati. That's all they needed. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think they're looking for next season, looking to get on the clock at the number one overall pick. They're 0-11. I like to be 0-12. Although it's at home, the Jets right now, Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold's playing very well. Give me the Jets big. Give me the Jets big as well. At this point, Cincinnati, there's no point in winning. You're already 0-11. You might as well secure the number one number one pick in the draft next year. It's, it, it, this is like a team that wants to lose. So give me give me the uh, the Jets as well. I like what I've seen from Sam Darnold over the last few weeks. Huge, huge <laughs> AFC wildcard implications. The, you thought the Colts and the Titans had to fight for that sixth spot? What, what about the Browns when they come calling into Heinz Field against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mike, this is actually really tough uh, here. Um, but you know what? I'm going to take the road team here, actually. I like how the Browns have been playing, and uh, uh, and they've been playing with this edge. Obviously, it concerns me because Garrett isn't there, but on offense, I think this Kareem Hunt guy gives them a different element. Yeah. To have him on the field with Chubb, and Baker Mayfield can either run it to him or throw screens, and I think that can open up lanes for Jarvis Landry and, of course, Odell Beckham Jr., it's at Pittsburgh. I know they want some revenge from that Thursday night loss, but I'll trust Baker just a little bit more than Hodges. Uh, I think there's going to be low scoring, but give me the Browns in this game. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, Sebby. I, I like what I see from this defense. Uh, they're a joy to watch. Uh, they're very physical, and I think they're going to get physical with this team. I, they all remember uh, what happened on Thursday night football and you know the debacle that they gave them, beating them 21-7. Mason Rudolph throwing four picks. Mike Tomlin uh, earlier today named Devin Hodges the starting quarterback. I think Hodges has a very good game against this team this week, and I think they uh, exact revenge against this Browns team. Give me, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Probably no quarterback besides Jared Goff has regressed more than Carson Wentz, right? We can oh. talk about them later, but Carson Wentz, what has going on with the Eagles offense? It's a guy that was a leading candidate for MVP in 2017 before getting hurt against the Rams. Well, there's always <laughs> it's always a good thing to go to South Beach, right? To play a little scrimmage against the Dolphins. I think the Eagles win big here. They know that this has all of the implications for their season here. The season's online. I like the Eagles big. I like the Eagles big as well. I, I think they they understand the magnitude of the moment. They they understand that if there was ever ever a game for them to get on the right track and you know start possibly start a winning streak and, and, and start to get hot uh, later on in the season going into the playoffs. This is this the time right now against a struggling Miami team. Give me the Eagles on the road. The Redskins head to Carolina. 
Both teams have been not been playing well. The Redskins got a huge win yesterday, last week. Uh, Dwayne Haskins' first career NFL win for sure. The Panthers coming from a gutsy loss. They were just a couple plays away, Mike, from winning in the Superdome against the Saints last week. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they'll need that. I think this defense at home, I like MCW, MCC, should I say, MCM. Excuse me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey to get loose over 100 yards. Give me the Panthers. Give me give me the Panthers as well. I think the Panthers take care of business. They've been very competitive. I like what I've seen from the Panthers. And I, I like what I've seen from Kyle, Kyle Allen as well, alongside Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, these are competitive cats. So, give me give me the Panthers as well. I'm going to go with them. Let me there. The Green Bay Packers are going to the Meadowlands to take on your New York football giants. I know Aaron Rodgers, he is going to be pissed off. I like the Cheeseheads to win really big at home in this on the road, excuse me, before heading back to Lambeau. Give me the Packers to win really quick before they head back for a tough stretch in December. Savvy. Yep, you can hear me? Yeah, Savvy. I think I'm picking the upset this week. Savvy. Oh no, you can't. I think I think I am, sir. I'm feeling good about this game. You know, it's certain games that it's Sebby, it's something about being an underdog. When you're an underdog, you're able to play free. You just go out there, do your thing. You don't have to worry about uh the, anybody talking about you don't have to worry about anything, distractions. You just go play free. I think the New York football giants are gonna play one of their freest football games in a while. And I think they're gonna go in there, they're gonna surprise the Green Bay Packers, and they're gonna come out of MetLife Stadium with a victory. Give me the New York Giants. For the upset. Wow. What would that be? Week 13 wraps up with a dandy on Thursday, on Monday Night Football. The Vikings, 14 days to prepare. Eight and three. They got a lot to play for with, of course, the Green Bay Packers losing in San Francisco. Tied for the NFC North. They go into the Emerald City to take on Russell Wilson, MVP candidate, against at home against the Seattle Seahawks. They've got a lot to play for, Mike. They're nine and two. They can go from fifth to the one seed, depending on if the Niners lose in Baltimore. So a lot to play for for the Seahawks holding the tiebreaker against the Niners. A couple years ago, I remember Kirk Cousins was a member of the Redskins in this position on Monday night. He went into Seattle and won that game. Can he do it again, Mike? I say yes. I like the Vikings. 14 days to prepare. I like Dalvin Cook to run the football. And I expect Adam Thielen to get back healthy. And that creates problems. You can play play action. And that's where you can have digs deep. And you can have Thielen in the intermediate routes. The Vikings, I think they do just enough on defense to kind of slow down Russell Wilson in this offense. But this is tough. I'm not confident about this. Russell Wilson is ridiculous, Mike. I mean, ridiculous. 10-1 and one in the Monday night football games. But, you know, what? I give me the Vikings. Um, I, I like this team. Kirk Cousins, number one in completion percentage. I think he just does just enough to get this huge win for the Vikings on Monday night. Sebby, give me the Seahawks at home. I, I think the Vikings, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the week. This is going to be a very good game. Um, I think the Vikings are going to you know, hold tough. They're going to make plays on both sides of the ball. Kirk Cousins should have a, a solid game, but I just, I, I trust Russell Wilson more at home in this situation. I think it's going to be come down to the wire and, you know, it's not many, it's not many, Quarterback's better in the fourth quarter in the clutch moments than Russell Wilson right now. So give me give me the uh, Seattle Seahawks at home. I think the, the mystique and the 12th man uh, gets them over the hump and wins this game. For sure. A great one to wrap up week 13. And another great 
weekend of games in the NFL there for sure. To wrap things up with myself and Mike Gray come back, we talk and shift gears to the collegiate game. Breaking news, the top four has been revealed and the first two out. We discuss that and up the biggest games this week in the college game. Sebi Podcast Radio Show inside the studios at WNSC. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sebi Podcast Creole for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. back here we shift gears to the collegiate game mike nothing has changed from this past week except number six so actually no it's been changed actually here we have a new number one it's the ohio state buckeyes the buckeyes are number one fresh off their win against penn state that is followed by lsu at two Clemson remains at three and Georgia at four. Alabama still outside looking in at five. And then Oregon, who got upset against Arizona State, drops out. And Utah, being the only unbeaten team in the Pac-12, leaps up to number six. So Alabama, Utah outside looking in. Ohio State's your new number one. I I, I would agree. I, I'm actually, I have no problem with Ohio State being number one. As dominant as they looked all season, and then for them to to, to, to win that big-time game against Penn State, another formidable opponent. Uh, this, special, this is a special team on both sides of the ball. I think when people look at LSU, they see how lethal and elite they are on the offensive side of the ball, but they have big-time questions about what they can do defensively uh, on a consistent basis. And we have no questions about this Ohio State defense. They've been nothing but sensational, especially with somebody like Chase Young, who's probably the best defender, defensive player in all of fo- college football right now. So I have no problem with Ohio State being number one. And the other three teams, they pan out as well. Yep, I've got no problems here as well for the moment. I think LSU can still get that number one spot. Oh, yeah. They already have Georgia locked up themselves December 7th. That's going to be the SEC title game. Number four, Georgia versus number two, LSU, as it stands. So LSU can still get that top spot um, because in that meaning, they would have beaten Georgia a top 14 to get that one seed. And Ohio State, they would have beaten either Wisconsin or Minnesota out of the Big Ten West. Um, so I think being a top four team holds a little bit more weight. So I think, still think LSU is in the driver's seat. Yep. This is a week-to-week thing with the committee. Yep. After a huge win against Penn State, they made a statement. Um, so uh, Ohio State deserving of that one spot for sure um, there. A lot of big games this week, Mike. Uh, you got Wisconsin and Minnesota. That's probably for the Big Ten West champion. Um and here and there, you've got other games as well uh, in the in the Pac-12. But the biggest of them all is going to be your number one team in the country this week, Mike. Ohio State, they're traveling to Ann Arbor against their bitter rivals, Michigan. Now, Ohio State, they're a juggernaut. 
And everybody's saying this could potentially be a hurdle because it's a it's a rivalry. You know, they got to go to the big house. But the way Ohio State is playing and clicking in all cylinders, I don't see them slipping up. But this is can be a this has all the making of a trap game, Mike. Ohio State and Michigan, the game of the week to watch this week. You, you, you have I, I see where you're coming from. You're absolutely right. This has all the potential to be a trap game. And you took, you're right. Michigan has had very little success against Ohio State over the years. The last time I saw them win was when Denar Robinson beat them uh, way, way back, uh, about, I believe it was like 2011 or so. But you're right. They've had bad luck. And to be honest with you, you're absolutely right. This, is, this has the makings of a possibility for them to win because they're going in there with house money. Nobody expects them to win. So they'll be able to play a freer game, you know, uh, less tense and go out and just play physical football. But that being said, I'm going with Ohio State. I think Ohio State still handles, takes care of their business. I think they're just on a different road right now. They understand the magnitude of this moment. And I think they take care of business and continue to dominate this rivalry. Give me Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan's at home. It's at Am Arbor. It's at the big house. Anything can happen. But yep. Michigan, opportunities. Uh, I think defensively, that's where they can keep the game close. But you're going to have to face J.K. Dobbins. Yep. Guys like Justin Fields, Chase Young. Uh, it's, the list goes on. Uh, Ohio State just on Stratosphere Planet. That was this week's in Minnesota that has all implications as well. Big Ten West winner gets to play Ohio State in the Big Ten title game in December, early December. So all of that still matters as well. But those games were this week's game of the week to keep an eye on for sure. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info dot info for any of our audio segments on spotify and itunes and some of our streaming visuals on our youtube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan